Hi, and welcome to the All Photos podcast. Today, I've brought a guest with me that I wanted to share a conversation with, and that guest is Laura McGurk, also known as Evolving Laura on Instagram. <laughs> Hi, Laura. Hi, David. <sighs> so, I just want to do a little bit of an intro into how I know Laura, and I'll create a bridge from that into Laura allowing herself to open up and, and express a little bit about what we're going to talk about today. So I know Laura through my best friend, Sarah, and my girlfriend, Nell. And Laura was introduced to me through them too. And the very first day we met, we went on a walk in nature into a little forest. And during that walk, Laura held space for us and she gave us permission to connect to our rage. Okay. And it was a beautiful experience. And it was the first time that I'd ever been given permission to really connect to my inner rage. Okay. And it felt amazing. It really did. And the aftermath of that day, Laura introduced me to a book called Directing the Power of Conscious Feelings which I'm sure we'll touch on today. But just to have a little bit of a segue into allowing Laura to speak for one moment, there is something that stands out to me about Laura's journey that I've became aware of. And Laura does a lot of traveling. She grew up in Cumbria, I believe. She might correct me if I'm wrong. Um, like myself, fellow Cumbrian. But she's went off and she's done a bit of traveling. And one particular event stands out for me that I want to talk about today. And that is Laura went to live with a Buddhist community. And during that time, there was an experience to do with anger and their opinion on anger, their belief around anger and, you know, how Laura related to that and, and where it led to from there. So if you'd just like to maybe open up and share a little about that, that'd be great. Mm. Oh, I feel I feel a lot of joy about your introduction, David. Thank you. Wow. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yes. So so yes, I was living in a in a Buddhist community. It was in Cumbria, actually, and I I spent almost a year a year living there, and um. So they had the belief, or what was written in the books and beliefs that they were carrying was that anger was the worst feeling. And if you felt anger, you could destroy all, all positive karma that you've accumulated in, in, in a single moment of feeling anger. And what I saw, there was a lot of fear about feeling anger and that it was, it was very suppressed. And, and um, my, my experience was like towards the end months of living there, I, I, I kept encountering this feeling of, of this, there was this rage inside or this scream. Mm. And some, sometimes it, when, I, when I engaged or met people who I um, became close with and through that closeness and that intimacy, I would feel more of myself. Mm. I would get more in touch with that anger. 
and 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 yet but then I noticed if I spoke to a nun or a monk that it it was like there was a belief system that would put a kind of a veil over what I was feeling or mm. would take me into some some sort of fantasy world and be, become more disconnected from what I was feeling disembodied yeah but I, I was I was very um, fortunate to meet a being that I, I became very close to and who I just I couldn't ignore what I was feeling I couldn't ignore it and 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 um that there was a moment where I just felt so um I broke down basically because I saw that I saw more the truth of what was happening and that I was just in this fantasy bubble of everything was peace peace love love mm. and and after this this breakdown I, I left the next day mm. and I just left everything and I left and I wrote down on a piece of paper that I need to feel my feelings. Mm. I need to feel my feelings so that I have a more solid sense of self so that I can trust my own inner guidance and, and to know myself, to be able to feel, to feel my feelings. So I know I can respond to my environment. Um, it was so clear. And, and then um I very quickly, within two weeks, started doing conscious feelings work mm. and emotional healing processes, which included feeling my rage. Um, and it's that's it was frigging incredible, and it's transformed yeah. so much again, so much. I'm so glad. Wow, thank you yeah. for sharing that. I mean, that was amazing. Thank you again. Like I just feel joy from you know you opening up and expressing and that, and I feel excited to what we can talk about today. Um, you know, I relate to a lot of what you've said. Um, in particular, I grew up seeing anger and noticing that anger was leading to like extreme things. So, for example, when I grew up around my parents and I seen anger, soon after anger, I would hear conversations of a divorce. Okay, so I would associate anger with something yeah. extreme going to be ending. So I grew up sort of essentially not wanting to be like my dad who was angry okay so I grew up trying to be the good lad and you know so I shelved anger and put it away and hid it away and suppressed it because I thought mm. anger was bad and then growing up even you know in more into my adult life I seen anger as something that would arise within me but you know maybe you call it spiritual bypassing or something. Now I would choose my higher self and, mm -hmm. and sort of choose not to express anger, you know? So if I was in a relationship, I would maybe feel triggered and I feel anger come inside me, but I would like swallow that anger and, tr and, and in, in relation to putting it to my higher self and, and being like, Oh no, I don't need to feel that anger. So it would just build up over time. Um, and shortly sort of after that I come across books like The Body Keeps the Score um, and it would tell me about the emotions and how energy and motion will, will be suppressed in the body and you know whatever the mind suppresses whatever the body suppresses will show up as illnesses and you know anxiety and mm -hmm. skin problems digestive problems and it all started to make sense yeah yes so, yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> So it all started to make perfect sense. And, you know, I, I met you at a time where this was very handy for me to start and learn these techniques and these practices, which I'm sure we'll touch on today. 
you know, could help me express these things that I'd been keeping on to for too long. Yeah. You, you, share, you share from your experience a great example of how, how you learn to suppress anger and mm. believe, that it's, believe that it's bad or it's wrong to feel it. Yeah, it's a great example. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we all grew up in these boxes, you know, these box of beliefs and the handed to us by our parents and society and our culture. And, and we think that's the right way to be. But, you know, I suppose it's, it's about breaking free from that box and choosing authentic, you know, connecting with your authentic self. And, yeah. Yeah. For, for me, I, I grew up, I, I, so I discovered from a very, very young age hmm. um, that it, I, it wasn't okay for me to feel anger. Right. And, and I, so I developed the, the box of being like a good girl. Yeah. Being the good girl, the good, the good student, the good, um, just the good, the good daughter. And, yeah, and yeah. I actually, um, have discovered that there's, um, something called like an, like a num we can have a numbness level, a level of numbness. Yeah. So we learn to, to be numb. And mm. so I actually believed I wasn't an angry person. Yeah. I used to say that I don't feel anger. Yeah. I'm not an angry person. But actually, it was just I couldn't feel it. It was just so numbed. But that—that's how I—I I learned to numb it so that I could, I could get through and be and be that, that good yeah. girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, touching on this numbness bar, then that that we sort of you know a lot of us have, and to a certain extent, you know, I suppose we have to be numb to certain things, don't we? Because if we were conscious of everything, I suppose we would, you know, we would be overwhelmed. I suppose you could say, but. I now question that yeah, one. Go on. Yeah, yeah, of course. Go on. Yeah, definitely. Go on. Yeah. I, I question that because um so when you say being overwhelmed, yeah. Um, like it's too much. Um hmm, I'm just I'm curious about that. Yeah, I suppose yeah. to maybe reframe how I what I'm trying to say, I think, I suppose in, in, in our life, when you, when you mentioned about this numbness bar, mm. like, I suppose with every decision we make, there is something that we have to consider. So for example, when I fill up my car with petrol, like, I am consciously making a choice to buy petrol from a, a certain brand of petrol station. Now, if I allowed myself to really be conscious about that decision, like I'm, I'm maybe being numb to that in a certain way because consciously and, and sort of morally speaking, like maybe there's a part of me that like, do you know where I'm going down with the route I'm trying to go to? Like, I think I'm here. I'm here. I'm here in that. So in that instance, that example, if if you lowered your numbness bar and you really felt the pain of what was yeah. happening, yeah, yeah, that you just wouldn't be able to do that anymore. Exactly. So I'm sort of choosing to be numb to that. Um, and it can be a way to to stay, like to still stay 
living in this in modern I call it modern culture yeah of the system but yeah the question like I have a curiosity about what would it be if you actually really started to feel it yeah yeah definitely because it's it's feeling that it's feeling it and feeling the pain of it that uh, that drives that I can't do this anymore I cannot yeah. support this yeah yeah um so I suppose that brings us on nicely to before I press record, me and Laura were talking and, and I mentioned about sort of the more conscious we become, the more evolved we become. I personally feel along, you know, in my journey that I've kind of become lonelier as the years have gone by. Um, you know, the more aware I've become, the more inner work I've, I've become. I've kind of lost friends over the years. Um, I've got like, you know, maybe two or three like really close friends. Um, but I, I don't feel part of a group, part of a community. Okay. And I would love that. I would love to feel part mm. of a group, part, part of a big group of friends. And Laura has chosen to be part of this conscious community. I believe it's part of like possibility management, which I'm sure we'll get onto. And, and would you like to share a little bit about that as to what it kind of involves? Because I'm really curious about that. Yes. Yeah, I feel a lot of joy to talk about it. Yeah. Um, yes. So I've been almost six months now in, um, it's called Chuckleberry Community in Canada. Yeah. And, ooh, just speak about it. So, so we're almost about, it's about approximately 10 of us. It changes over time, but it's approximately yeah. 10. And we we have a a rough schedule that involves farm work. Mm. So we're growing vegetables, and then we have um, an emotional intelligence training every week, okay. and a creation circle training every week. And so, in the emotional intelligence training, we do a lot of uh, shadow work. Mm. Actually, so it's like looking at the unconscious parts of us, the parts mm. that we can't see, the ten, um, that I call the shadow. Um, uh, I'm just noticing some fear to talk about it. So it's a big topic, shadow work. Okay. Um, so... Mm, Within, so I see like within every community, but actually everywhere and within every being, there's a shadow. Hmm. Um, and it's, it's this shadow aspect that, that sh serves what I call shadow principles. So things like blame, resentment, revenge, um, competition, jealousy, these kind of things, like these shadow yeah. aspects. And they can often be um, running unconsciously. Like we don't even, we're not even conscious that it's happening. And this part can like sabotage relationships. It can sabotage community. Um, it can sabotage your growth, like the growth that you're doing, your evolution. Mm. And so we do a lot of actually looking at the shadow, like calling it out into the light, mm. which is very, I find very important for when you're living in community so that it doesn't hijack or take over or sabotage your relating or the community. So it's like this, bringing out what's unconscious into the light so we do a lot of that yeah and then and we do, we do a lot of um 
conscious feelings work. So we've mm. done rage initiation, rage club. We've just started fear, fear club or fear exploration. Mm. So it's like we've we've created this culture where it's it's okay to feel. Yeah. And as big as your feelings are. Yeah. So I've I've been working and I've had the the feeling inside that I don't want to be here. Yeah. Like the many times that I've kind of suppressed like going to a job and I don't want to be at this job. Yeah. I'm holding it all inside and I'm like, I just don't want to be here. But this is a space where I can express it. So mm-hmm. I've actually raged whilst at work at work on many occasions. Wow, that's awesome. And yeah. And I've been crying, I've break down. And so it's this community is a space to really it, it brings a lot into the light, like a mm. lot that you've been suppressing, it's been hidden in the dark for so long. Like it actually, because it's such a highly relational field, there's mm. a lot of presence and like a high level of consciousness that these things just come up. And you have an opportunity to actually be held by a community, to have skilled people who can be with you, to actually go through the breakdowns you need to break go through or process the feelings um and it's really powerful and amazing and and i see the necessity of, of of having community or having a team of people to be with you as you go through this work like it's not easy it's it, it's also involved like looking at your conditioning mm-hmm. that you can come here and you can realize i've got so many so much conditioning and survival strategies that I feel so boxed in by, like yeah. being nice, <laughs> to authority, pleasing people, and it's it can it just gets so exposed here. Any like inauthenticity, hmm. fakeness, boxes, masks, it's just getting exposed, and then you can face it. Yeah, that is a beautiful. I love that concept. I love that idea. Like, you know, I done a lot of my healing work on my own as the lone wolf. You know, I just boxed myself off in my room. I, I read all the books and, and I just kind of closed myself off. And And I think you can only go so far on your own. You need that relational space to heal, mm-hmm. you know, like because otherwise you can't see your blind spots unless somebody can point them out in a conscious mm-hmm. way. And I think, you know, the fact that you've got this beautiful community, you can share, you can open up, people can point out your unconscious, th- you know, traits. It's It just sounds like an amazing place to be you know and do you see this as your sort of life now or is it just a case of doing this as an exercise to you know to process and 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 get to a point of uh, consciousness and then come back to sort of Cumbria or or what what's your sort of yeah yeah I like that question I like Ultimately, I don't know because yeah. sometimes I have ideas and then mm. something just changes or um, whatever you want to call it, the intelligence that dry- is behind, that drives my life, that's beyond ego, yeah. might have plans for me. But I can see me um, at some point going out into the world and sharing these, yeah, sh- sharing, sharing Okay, I'm going to, I also, something that's also happening here is growing as a space holder. Yeah, yeah. A space holder for allowing um, archetypal forces, or I call bright principles, to move through me and into the world. 
it serve like love, healing, transformation, evolution, connection. So at some point, I see me going out into the world and yeah, yeah, airing it. Yeah, I mean, I suppose to kind of summarize and and kind of weave into the story at the moment, just to kind of bridge where we've been and where we're going. Mm. Sort of, I suppose what 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 we're trying to see is at the moment. What I'm hearing is the the narrative of the general society, especially in in the West, and especially where I live in you know in, in, in Cumbria, is we don't feel emotions. Okay, anger is a weakness. Fear is for wussies. Joy is cringe. Sadness is a weakness. You know, and and over time, okay, those beliefs, those belief systems, those boxes added on to the generations, we become sick, we become disconnected, we become depressed, okay? And the general narrative at the moment is people seek medication or they get depressed and a lot of people commit suicide. You know, a lot of people live these lives in these numb states and they mask with with alcohol, with drugs, with pleasure, with porn, because they know deep down something is wrong, but... You know, for want of a better phrase, it's like they've been sold a lie. Okay, it's like they've been mm-hmm. sold a lie. So, you know, you, you've obviously reached a point where part of you've recognised that, and you've sought elsewhere. You've went to a community, a beautiful place, and and you're now stepping into that power. You're not you're not only feeling these things, okay. Which which to be honest, at one point I just thought, oh, it's just about feeling them, but you're now unlocking parts of yourself through every emotion, you're gaining these superpowers that, to me, wouldn't have even known that we had, you know? So I feel like I, I want to, you know, explore that. And Yes. Oh, yeah, thank you for bringing that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It sounds like it, what comes to me is... um there being diff- different phases to feelings work. And in, in the beginning, the, the process can be just learning how to feel again. Yeah. Because modern culture or society or the system, whatever you want to call it, doesn't teach us how to feel. Mm. And, and actually I discovered that within modern culture, it's not okay to feel. Mm. It doesn't support feeling. And like you said, there's like we each have might have our own beliefs about why it's not okay to feel. And you can like and each person can check that from your childhood. And and so yeah, first part is actually facing into that, like you said, like realizing shit, modern culture doesn't support me. It's not okay to feel. It's actually feed, feeding into me being more numb. Like it wants me to be numb. Yeah. So I'm easy to be controlled. I, I'm easy to conform. Um, and so at first, the first part is like learning how to feel again mm. and discovering how to feel these feelings on your in your system, even from small percentage to very high percentage, like the highest intensity, and realizing you have the capacity to feel. Mm. And then and then discovering how how these feelings give you energy and information. Yeah. It's a big thing energy and information for like what what okay for your own individual journey what's needed healing and then what's needed like handling for your life yeah yeah and and an example is like you you said about 
the petrol station I don't remember exactly yeah, but if yeah. you actually felt your feelings it would give you the like life force energy and information about this is not okay yeah yeah and that and that can create a change and then and then the second part of um feelings work is actually your feelings that start to navigate your life mm. so like um uh like what you said these forces like these archetypal forces start to move through you and into the world yeah so no longer it's just i'm just angry about all these things but like your anger is directing you to like create podcasts or to like mm. create a men's group or to go and go into a company and say hey this isn't working and offering proposals about what does like mm. these are examples and that that's that's an example of how anger can direct your life but you're right and it's like start to realize my i'm so much bigger than i thought i was i've been told i am yeah like we have superpowers you're right and so i'm so excited i mean this conversation could go mm. all over the place and, and i think i'm really <laughs> excited to to do that and perhaps we could even talk about more on, on different podcasts where we contain them into their own emotion perhaps i mean I'm, but yeah. i suppose the first question that's coming to me is if somebody's listening to this and they're kind of resonating and thinking, oh, you know, that's I'm resonating with what they're talking about here. How would somebody start looking at what would be the first step that they would do to start and perhaps decrease their numbness bar and start mm. to feel again? What would somebody do? Mm, thank you for that question. Uh so what comes to me, and this this comes from my experience and, and what I know and have access to, is to um, reach out to someone who is experienced. So that's what I did. I went to, so I, it was through possibility management. I re reached out to a coach and I started doing emotional healing processes. So reach, I was with someone who knew how to feel and I could just be with them and, and discover how to feel myself with them. Mm. Um, so that's one step is 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 kind of reaching out. Um, you can go to Rage Club, mm. <laughs> which I'd love to speak about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I I think even just having the intention, like we have power, like our declarations have power, like in our intentions. Like if you just have the intention to, I want to start to feel. Mm then the universe will respond to that. Yeah, totally agree. And speak to people, reach out to people, be like, be curious, like research books. How do I feel? Hmm. You know, like you've already mentioned a, a book, Conscious Feelings, is a yep. new edition, Conscious Feelings. Start reading, start connecting with people. And a lot of it's like feeling your body, hmm. like what's actually going on in my body. I think as soon as you have the intention and like if someone's actually resonating to, to, with this and they have they have that one, like the journey's already happening. Yeah, totally. Um, but it's a really good question. Um, there's just so many people out there that are living, that aren't living in in, in modern culture in that system anymore who, who feel and you can reach out to people. Like, yeah, I think, yeah. you know, it's, it's nice that people are having these conversations and people are realizing, you know, I do think that people are starting to realize that something needs to change within culture. Um, mm. You know, and 
it's just about creating awareness, isn't it? And as you say, sometimes it is just that awareness and then things shift and then suddenly you're looking at things and things are coming to you. And, and yeah, that's the first step, you know, that awareness that something is perhaps, you know, can change. Yes. Mm. Listen to the voice within. Mm. So Rage Club then, how... What would you? What are your? What, what's coming to you when we talk about rage club? What? Mm. What can you share about rage clubs? Mm. Yeah, I, f- I feel glad to speak about it. And since you kind of started the space with with speaking about anger, um, so rage club for me, and and it is is it's basically a space to be able to explore your anger in a safe and conscious way the people who are experienced and also with a team of people and to, be, to basically start going on your own journey with, with feeling your anger mm. and um, I discovered that um, feeling anger is it's really essential and a necessity if you're going to start doing like going on this journey of starting to feel your feelings mm. and like facing into truths and actually like waking up to what's actually going on because there's a lot of painful truths to face into about your own survival mechanisms your own your own box that you've been living in and then also like truths about what's happening on the planet climate change for example and and so i discovered i need my anger to be able to face into that so I have the energy and power to actually feel it and like be able to feel and face that. And I found that anger kind of holds space for the other feelings. Mm. Like anger is the foundation. Um, and so for me, it's, it's been a necessity to have that as a, as a resource or an ally. Yeah, yeah. What's coming to me now when you're talking about that is, is almost with grief, and, and they say that when you're grieving, anger is that step of no more, now, no more. I'm going to do, mm. you know, and that's that empowerment, isn't it, with anger? Mm. So I suppose in a sense, you know, you could say that a lot of us are grieving from our true potential. You know, we, we're grieving because we're not living a life authentic to ourselves. We know there's something wrong. So as, as you say, anger could be that gateway, reclaiming that rage into opening up that possibility again to, to the rest of the emotions as well. Yes, mm. yes. Yes, it is. Like an example, um, so that's great about when you start to realise you're not living the life that you want to live. Mm. You're living the life that your parents lived or you're living the life of society or what you think you need to do and you start to realize that actually you can feel very angry about it Mm -hmm. but the anger is needed to to create change anger Mm -hmm. creates change and um like other examples could be um like something from my own experience there might there are many people that can't even can't say like have boundaries for example or say mm. no um or they don't they 
they don't even know what they want. You know, like I've heard from many people, it's like, I don't know how, I don't know what I want. I don't know mm. what I want for my life. Or maybe they do, but they don't know how to create it. Why can't I create it? Mm. Why are other people living their lives and I, I can't do it? Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's maybe a sign of suppressed anger. Yeah, like the yeah. people pleaser. The people pleaser. Yes. Yeah. So anger is that force. Yeah, like you said, like no more. Like yeah. I'm choosing something different. This is my life. Yeah. I didn't come here to adapt or play small or conform. Like, and yeah. And for, for me, I'm just, there's layer after layer of conditioning, layer after layer of how <laughs> I play small. Yeah. So, yeah, it is. It's layer after layer of conditioning. Um, I mean, just lots of things are coming to me as we're speaking and it's it's bringing yeah. back memories it's bringing back sort of um, you know experiences i've had with nell um my partner and me and nell are working together and we're sort of both aware of the conscious feelings work and you know i'm sharing the practices with nell from the book and and nell won't mind me sharing this with you i've spoke about it on my podcast before but nell has been the people pleaser for a lot of her life and she's kind of swallowed her words and took the path of least resistance to have an easy life. Um, and there was one example that stands out for me recently where she was in a supermarket and she was putting a shopping on the conveyor belt. And this, um, this heavy set guy just kind of badged past her and brushed past her and, and entered her personal space and she felt kind of encroached on. She felt as though he was in, in her space too far into her. And she didn't say anything. She just swallowed her words. And, and she came home to me and we talked about it afterwards. And she talked about her sadness and her anger about what she felt. And mm. we were talking about this kind of discussion about how she could have responded. Um, and she she was talking to me and she was throwing things at me and saying things like, well, I couldn't have just said like, F you, you, you know, you this and that. And cause that would have come across as this like crazy, this crazy person. And, you know, at the time I was reading the book and I was trying to sort of relay my message to, to Nell as to how she could have said it consciously and stepped into that power, that sort of anger through a loving way. You know, you can deliver anger with love. It doesn't have to be violent or erratic, you know, and it doesn't have to be an onlooker would have thought, who's that crazy loony there? It can be through a through a sword of clarity with, with love. Um, and what's your thoughts on that? So what comes to me is, um, so what what rage club or rage work can 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 give is through training and practice. You have you have rage at your side as an as a resource, yeah. And you can learn to feel it, to use it from five percent anger to a hundred percent anger intensity yeah. for what the moment demands. So an example like that, maybe ten percent anger could could be needed, and you you have that as a resource, yeah. and you can speak up and say, "Hey, that wasn't okay for me. You just badged right past me and came into my space. That doesn't work for me." Yeah. And to, you you can train in being able to sense well, how much anger is needed 
and to yeah. land it in lights in a way that it lands in that person and they get the boundary <clears throat> they, yeah that was a no. and why um like that's for me that's such an amazing tool so it, do, it doesn't mean if you do rage rate you're going to be angry all the time it just means yeah. you have it as a tool yeah you have and, it available to you yeah and and like this like we've already said there's so many beliefs about why it's not okay to feel why it's not okay to feel angry so an example is people will think i'm crazy yeah if i'm angry at this man right now people will think i'm crazy or no i need to be nice i need to be kind mm. so these are examples and they they can they're, they're blocks and then actually in rage club and feelings work you can start to heal those blocks like you basically remove them so they're not there anymore so it's okay for you to feel anger and why it's also I, I feel a necessity to be able to feel 100% rage because sometimes that is needed like yeah. when we've got we've got like um like you look at some of the things that are happening in the world murder yeah. mass genocide 100% rage is like if you have that as a resource like it, it that's that's powerful that's mm. it's needed and and so it is possible to 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 have have access to that to have that for yourself mm. and then it just means yeah you it's just amazing to move through the world like that you become a force of nature for change yeah for creating something different and and you yeah there's a journey to go on uh it must give you that sense of trust and that sense of confidence in yourself and also seeing that feedback from another person, because if you deliver a message with 10% anger and that lands in that person's nervous system, how you wanted that to land, you've then got yeah. that as valuable evidence. And then, you know, moving forward, you can use that, as you say, easily, can't you? Yes. And what you said about love is like rage, that kind of rage is love. Hmm. But it, because that's serving the other person as well. Because yeah. if it lands in them, they get to see what they're doing. Maybe no one's ever said anything to them. Yeah. So they just move around, barging past people. And so you're serving the other person as well. Mm. And like I've had certain messages that I've only I've just received because it was it landed in me with anger. Yeah. And I was like, it shakes me and I'm like, oh shit, yeah. Mm. That kind of wrathful love. Yeah, it is. It's you're doing. It's like if if you look at what would love do, you know. That's always a question I resort to. What would love do? And love wouldn't swallow your words. You know, love wouldn't swallow the words. It would say them because it's gonna be best for everyone. You know, that guy maybe didn't know that he was encroaching on Nell's space, and by you consciously stepping into your power and saying that, you know, he could have been like, oh wow i'm terribly sorry i'm um, thanks for pointing that out you know and mm. you know and i suppose if he didn't then that's the lens that he's seen it through isn't it you know it's, mm. Mm. yes yeah i hear this like you it's not serving anyone to play nice apart mm. from just your own suppression and but it is is also a part, for me, the part of the journey is this, there are so many blocks, like there are blocks to us mm. being able to feel like an example of that is, oh, I'm going to be seen as like, I'm going to be seen as crazy if I feel anger. Yeah. And and we need, the, there are spaces to heal those blocks. And they, for me, they're called emotional healing processes. 
Mm. Where you can go back to when you first made that decision that anger is is crazy, like, and change the decision. Mm. It's like a rewiring happening. So you have a new choice that it's okay for me to feel anger. Right, I get you. There's so much to talk about with that book. No, it's yeah. amazing. Like I love talking yeah. about this. It's you know, it's it's a really yeah. exciting topic, and I think it's necessary. You know, it's so necessary. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's powerful yeah. stuff. And, it really is. And there's, there's so so much joy that comes with it because then you're like, I can start living the life that I want to live. I can yeah. create what I want. I can be big. <laughs> I don't have to put up with any any anyone's bullshit anymore yeah i don't have to play small with anyone yeah i i don't know whether i'm just reading this instinctually or my intuitions tell me to talk about this but it, i kind of feel compelled to talk about sourcing our own love mm. in respect to because once we take this is where i'm assuming it would come from once we take charge of our emotions and we we re, re, we reclaim rage as well as the other emotions, we're no longer attached to somebody through the lens mm-hmm. of I need you, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that love, um, again, looking at culture and looking at how I was raised and, and, and seeing my past relationships, love was something that I got from another person. It was an attachment. It was a need. Um, mm-hmm. And it was often that anxious, avoidant kind of you know flow and and the more that i kind of become aware and through experiences i'm learning that love is something that we source within ourselves and it's not an attachment to another person and and i think this work goes hand in hand with that so yeah i would love to hear your opinion and thoughts about sourcing our own love mm. that's an amazing topic i also feel a lot of joy about um it's a big part of my journey uh ongoing yeah so yes so i i see that um i have needs and and i have so some some people might say that they, they have a sense of an inner child mm. i call it a um, child ego state which is a term from possibility management like a child ego state but there's still these kind of parts that are coming from childhood that are still needing needing and wanting love and attention and care from the outside mm. like you actually it's it's like there's still this kind of child part still running in us it's looking for love outside yeah but it wasn't getting and it's still looking for it in people and yeah you might latch on to people that mirror the kind of relationships that you had with your parents or caregivers. Yeah. <clears throat> and so through through doing conscious feelings work and emotional healing, which is healing those, doing emotional healing with those child parts, um, which again, there's a lot to speak about that. Um, so what I came to discover was, it's, so first it's, it, it was like getting awareness that this is what's actually happening. Like getting awareness of where I'm trying to get love from other people and seeing that, um, hmm, it's going to slow down. So my fear is telling me to slow down right now. Yeah, yeah. Back into my body. 
<sighs> Thank you for mm. you. <laughs> uh, Walk at the speed of love. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. I love that. Uh, or talk at the speed of love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's been empowering and amazing to see. Um, so kind of part of the process that I went through was realising that I'm never going to get those needs met outside. That's what yeah. I realised. Mm. I'm never going to get them met. Maybe in a moment, maybe my partner yeah. might be with me in a moment or someone, but ultimately I'm never going to get them fully met outside. Mm. This was a realisation that I came to through doing feelings work. Okay. And and at first that was so, pa- like it was painful. Like there was a grief. Mm. I'm never going to get that love. And then it came such empowerment because it was it was like, okay, but I can source it. Yeah. Like, and um, so I can give myself that love. And and uh, so much to this. And then with that, there was the real like the realization. Okay, I don't I don't need to be going outside anymore for that love. Mm. and that's so empowering and 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 um what i've also discovered through possibility management conscious feelings work but also through connecting with spirit or whatever you want to call it prayer yeah god in my own way um that love is a, a force of nature that moves through me yeah that when i open like it's been open to a channel that moves through me like and love is this always available ever flowing force of nature that's always available yeah and when you're jacked into that it's like i actually i am love yeah i am love and and then from there it's like okay so i'm sourcing love from that channel or from my own heart and then i can give love Mm. so like with my partner, I'm not trying to get the love from him in this needy way, but I, I give love. Yeah. And that's such a trans- such a different way to be in relationship. Yeah. Thank you for that. That was amazing. And uh, really yeah. value that. I, I think that's such wisdom. And, you know, as you say, like you don't, you, you reach a place where you don't need somebody, but you choose them and you, it's not like the old paradigm of like, oh, you complete me or, you know, that kind of Valentine's love of you're my number one or, or all this. It's, it's, we are two healed people who choose each other. You know, I don't need you, but I want you. And I think that is, you know, as you say, when you are sourcing the love through yourself and you realize that you are just a vessel for love to flow through you and you are love. It's not something that you are seeking from another person, you know, and I think that's, that's amazing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it kind of brings me on to, I would love to talk about the four bodies that we have. Um, mm. In particular, you know, as we as we explore through these four bodies, I would love you to talk about, you know, the feeling and the heart space and how we can speak through the heart. 
Nyesel lah. Hi, sorry, Laura. We we lost Laura for a second. A little bit of uh, connection problems. We're back. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you okay? Mm. Yeah. So, if I remember rightly, we were just talking about um, getting onto the four bodies. Okay. Um, I suppose I should create a little bit of context around that. Um, in our culture, um, it's my thought and belief that 
we are very much living in our heads or our bodies as well, in the sense of, you know, I my life is very much dictated by my thoughts, okay, very heady. And the only connection that we often have with our bodies is when we're working out in the gym, okay? Um, so perhaps you can share your experience on, on the four different bodies that we have access to. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, I hear you with this. Um, we're mostly trained to live in our heads. Mm. Like in school, we learn to be up there thinking, thinking, thinking. And um, and so it, it actually turns out that we have, we have, okay, so we have a mental body. We have a physical body. We also have an emotional body and an energetical body and also an archetypal body but we can look at that in another moment yeah. and and so yeah like like you said like i said we were we were trained to live mostly in our mental body and maybe don't even have awareness that we have an energetical body mm -hmm. i didn't have awareness of that um and they they kind of ex they do exist like when um, through getting more awareness as, as different bodies and they have different needs they have different foods that feed them that nourish them and they they all need attention and love and care and and um uh yeah and and there's this um Somebody else I've been discovering the distinction of being centered, hmm. which you know about David, about being centered, which maybe we can talk about yeah. in another moment. And when one is centered, these bodies can kind of come into a kind of an alignment, like you're inhabiting all four of these bodies. And when that happens, there's there can be kind of an um you can be jacked into this archetypal body. Hmm which yeah maybe like i said for another time um and yeah it, it can be that like the physical the emotional and, and the energetical are, are neglected that they're not getting the care and the foods that they need and but then the amazing thing is when you start to become aware that you have different bodies that you can start to take care of them become aware of them and how they what information they give you and how they serve you and and through that can bring so much more well-being and aliveness and wholeness mm. that's a little bit about what i have to say yeah wow thank you i mean yeah. it's almost like you know we, we bring in these parts of ourselves back online you know we're yeah. we're heightening our capacity for aliveness you know yes. and if we are living in our heads and the language of the head is the thoughts, you know, we're thinking this and the thoughts are spiraling and, you know, we, we are very heady people. And, you know, I'm sure we'll touch on the, the, the narrative of our patriarchal system is to keep us in the heads because we're doing, we're in that masculine energy, I suppose you could say, the doer, you know, that logical thinking, stick to the facts. But we also have access to that, as you say, that feeling emotional body um perhaps you could you could say that is the language of the heart 
you know, that intuition, that that deep knowing that's not your head, it's your heart. And and I think that that's so powerful for people to to gain access to, especially when you when you see people with these these dilemmas of oh should I stay or shouldn't I go or you know what you know it's just that confidence to tap into that part of themselves that they haven't had access to. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and I love what you say about aliveness. Yeah, we have so much aliveness that's mm. possible so much life force energy that can move through us and into the world mm. and um yeah and and li- yeah for, for sure living in the head inhibits that mm. and i hear this before that the like that being in the head can be in like you're not really present and in the moment mm. and with reality as it is you can be in stories stories about how the world is stories about how people are you're having conversations with people you're in the past you're in the future whereas your body is always present mm. it's always in the present moment it always has been and this is where like a, a foundation of of feelings work me is is this becoming centered and grounded Mm. and having your space so what i discovered is yeah you can have so much of your energy like your energy up in your head your attention your focus and that you can start to bring it down down into your body and down into your kind of physical center center of gravity Mm. and how it creates such a different experience just by doing that grounding your energy down mm. and moving through the world as that present with a small kind of here and now being in the moment. But then through that, you start to feel so much more because you're not in your head in a fantasy. Mm. You're actually aware. Your your body feels its senses. And then you, yeah, there's more to it. There's energy as well. Yeah. Sensitive. So if we were to give somebody like a a little bit of um, an example or a little bit of, um, you know, yeah, if you were to do it for yourself now, like, for example, I I remember when I was um, a few years ago when I was at my most anxious and I, I would describe myself as being in my head and very disassociated and very like not even being really in my body. And, you know, my mind's that creating that story of assumptions that aren't even real stories. Um, Mm -hmm. How would you get centred and and bring yourself back? Because I suppose that's a very powerful tool to have, to to be able to get centred. Yes. Yes. Um, So how I do it, I, I, I can firstly sense where my attention is actually just noticing where is my attention and I might notice it's in my head I'm thinking about this thing that thing or I even can become aware of it's like there might be kind of tentacles like energetically coming going out in different directions different thoughts about things and I with my intention my will Hmm. and even sometimes some anger just like five percent anger I gather all my attention back and bring it back to my body. 
So I'm using my intention, I'm using my will to say, I'm, I'm putting my um, attention on my body. Mm. And, and this is where anger can really serve. If you've got such such a strong habit to be up there, so to mm. really start to bring the energy and um, the sense of I have an energetical center, energy energy center, mm. and I'll so I'll gather like I'm gathering my energy, and I'll put it on my physical center, which is um, behind the belly button or a bit lower. <clears throat> um, one second, David. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, Thank you. No problem. Yeah, it's uh, mm. so right now. I just I kind of stepped away from the space, so I just I can very quickly just use an intention to put my ground my energy into my physical center. Or you could even say bringing your focus, your attention to that area of the lower belly. Yeah. Breathing, maybe just breathing into that space and and holding it, using your intention to hold it, mm. just noticing how that is. I might even put my hands in front of my lower belly. And then I feel the, the connection, the connection that I have with, with the earth. Mm. I feel that connection. And I even declare, which is through possibility management, but that there's a kind of grounding card that connects my center with the center of the earth. Mm. And and the more I open to that, I more, the more I see how connected I am to the earth and how much energy there is available flowing and information flowing also. Like you can actually be in communication with, with, with the earth, with Gaia. <clears throat> Um. Yeah, that's how I do it, and then yeah. there's also creating my space. Mm. Which is I suppose so the, the space is like creating your bubble. Is it like sort of almost like a protection around you from the energy from other people? Because I suppose there's a lot of energy going around from other people's emotions that you really want a protection around, don't you? Really, mm. I know often when I go and visit my mum, I want to do that. Mm. I, so I don't, because um, I've heard that before, people like using the word protection. Yeah. But there's just, that can become, um, I need to protect myself from okay. other people. Yeah, yeah. So I don't I don't use it as protection, but just to have the distinction that I have my space yeah. and my, my energy, my feelings, and it's distinct from everybody else's. Yeah. And that I can have, I can have like my space around me, like, yeah, like a bubble. This mm. is like, and over time, I come to sense, I can really sense this is my energy, my yeah. unique energy. And then I can sense when, if another energy is like coming in my space, in my space, or I'm letting it in. Um, And it's such a, that, even that alone, like those three things of being centered in your body. Mm not in your head, but down into your body, um, grounded and connected with the earth and having your space is completely life-changing to move through the world like that because so many people don't, they're not centred 
They're yeah. like we said earlier, they're not connected with the earth mm. or not aware of it. And then they don't have their own space. So there's just all this stuff inside, like in their space, mm. energy, different people's ideas, projections, voices. So yeah, just just that alone, like practicing that alone is um yeah, can change can change your life. There's more there's so much information about this online as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's it's lovely talking about this, it really is. And you know, it's giving people this awareness, you know, it's planting the seed, you know, of curiosity for people to be like, right, I'm gonna look up that, I'm gonna perhaps read that book, I'm gonna step into that. It's giving people a new narrative, you know, it's giving people a new paradigm. Like a lot of people just live in their heads, they assume things they have all sorts of energy coming in and and they don't know what really is their truth you know and as you say you know we're more than just a a human we're a spiritual being that can connect to the earth you know yeah Mm. that that um the what you said like not connected to your truth like not having your own authority or point of origin or reference point so you're having to refer to people outside or mm. um, so yes yeah, so that's that's a powerful um thing that can come online when you start to do this when you start to get centered in your own self feeling your own self that you start having your own authority even mm. with authority figures you have your own authority you have your own truth to speak you have your own voice mm. and yeah it's amazing it is it's so powerful it's it's very powerful stuff and it's it's as you say it's once you bring these parts of yourself online you can use them to step into that next stage which is that archetypal you know narrative if you want to call it that 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 sort of that warrior or that that lover that magician or that king or queen and you know we're using these parts of ourselves to bring back to our ourself and then you know bring into the world and inspire others and yeah connect with people true intimacy mm-hmm. mm. yes mm. i love that you're taking a stand for this work david i really do and yeah i think you know, sorry just that on. you navigate the space in a way that you really want to serve people like to make this information known like mm. it's like Hey guys, there's there's, a, there's doorways, there's tools, there's another way. If you want it, there's so many people out there doing that now, and it's just like spreading the the message. Or, mm. I mean, to me, you know, touching on what we said earlier about the society and the patriarchal narrative and the box. Like, aside from all that, you know, aside from not feeling things, I believe that we are a society starved of intimacy starved mm-hmm. of intimacy not being able to be present and, and really share space and have that intimate connection be it with a friend be it with a family member be it with a lover you know and just i think that once we are bringing these parts of ourselves back online you know it's it's like that old saying about we can only meet another as deeply as we've met ourselves and if i'm numb to the world then i'm numb to everyone else in the world and mm-hmm. You know, it's I quite like that quote. I believe it's in the book where it says, you know, capacity. You know, it's having the capacity to feel these things. And and if we have the capacity to feel the 
so-called bad things in life, which I don't like saying the bad things, we're also opening up our capacity to feel joy, to feel bliss, to feel love, you know, and true connection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I suppose you could say the extent to me that's closed off to anger and the extent to me that's closed off to fear or, or sadness is also closing off to all of the very good things in life, which again, I touch on that. I don't like polarizing and saying what's good and bad. It, it, everything just is, isn't it? What, um, what comes to me as you're sharing is, because um, you mentioned fear, people like starved of intimacy, that there can be, people can have so much fear of intimacy, so yeah. much fear of being seen. Yeah. So much fear of really being present and connecting with another being and so the amazing thing is there's also a fear club uh -huh, brilliant and um i've been on a whole journey with fear as well and um re kind of rewiring my beliefs about fear because mm. before it was i felt afraid of fear yeah i wouldn't didn't even want to feel it in my body because i felt afraid of it so anything like things i'm afraid of i just Oh no, no, I feel fear. And that so now there's a possibility to change that and to for fear to also be like anger, just life force energy, a feeling that moves through you that gives you information. Yeah. And then it means you can step into intimacy in all these spaces and feel the fear. Mm. And and you're okay. Yeah, it's uh, wonderful, isn't it? Like I, I've again like touched on fear as well, and it's it's that I keep going back to the the phrase heightened aliveness, but it's that feeling the fear in your body, you know, being familiar with what fear feels like, and it's fear is is there to sort of allow us to 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 know our edge, you know, to know our edge of our comfort zone. And if we don't yes. feel fear, we're not going to know that wall where, you know, we're just going to stay in comfort. And, and in comfort is numbness, isn't it? And I suppose by by stepping out into that fear, um, you know, I suppose that's why I like cold water exposure so much because I'm stepping out into that fear and my, my body's feeling that capacity. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's realizing that that is truly living. Yes. And it, and it, like, I get to this point where fear is so exhilarating. It's yeah. like this electrifying energy, and it's like, oh my god, I'm so alive! Like I'm doing this thing that I've never done before. Like you're right, I'm at the edge of my box. Yeah, I've never been to this territory before, and it's the unknown. And I'm, and I'm and I'm just like feeling so much fear, but it's electrifying. It's not yeah. like contracting in the old way of like, oh god, fear. But just like open and ah oh, yes, I'm alive. Mm -hmm. I think it, there's something about like fear that puts you on that edge of aliveness, that like creation almost. Like it's I imagine yeah. I can only you know surmise it must be similar to how attuned like a sniper must feel when he's out in the woods and he's attuned to every single branch and every single wind and whisper, you know, and he's mm -hmm. so alive. You know, and, and I'm sorry to bring up like a bad analogy there with a gun and a, and a sniper, but I'm, I, it's the only thing I can kind of think of when somebody's mm. so attuned to their environment. Um, and that is like the, the complete opposite end to the numbness and the comfortableness that a lot of us choose to live in at the moment, you know. Mm. Mm. 
and making the steps to choose to change that mm. like if you've lived in a particular comfort zone for many years or level of numbness it can be really scary to to mm. choose to, to step outside of that yeah 100 it's, it's it's like but it's like the first time i don't know imagine standing at a um because I did this recently, I was at a pool and the really high level where you can jump off into the pool. Yeah. I wanted to do a forward flip. <laughs> and I hadn't done that in years. So I just stood at the edge and I felt so much fear. Hmm. And I could have just contracted and said, no, I'm not going to do that. And just never did that again. But instead, I feel the fear. Hmm. I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm, I'm, oh, my God. And then did it. Hmm. So much fear. But then, and so the next time, the next time, it's like, oh my god, this is amazing! Now I can, now I can do these front flips, and and just something opened up, like more opened up for me yeah. to experience in the world, and that that's kind of, yeah, how it can be in intimacy and and relating and feeling your feelings. It's just kind of a similar thing. Mm. There might be so much fear, but on the other side of that, like you can go with the fear is just more aliveness for you more possibility more potential mm. and to me that's an amazing thing yeah it's it's amazing it really is and and to me what's coming to me now when you're speaking is that that ability to be truly present with the moment and, and understand that sometimes like we can be living our lives within this narrative within this structure of this needs done this this and this but sometimes the moment will call for something else and if you're not alive to that moment because you're in your head and you're just thinking, oh, this needs done, and you, you, you're doing something, but really you're thinking about what really, really needs done because you're in autopilot. Mm. You're not alive to the moment. And if you're not alive to the moment, then you're missing the magic of creativity and the magic of life. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I was, I was going to say something strong, but like a zombie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. You're not live, living. Mm. time's just passing by yeah so you know i suppose you know the, the message that we're trying to weave into this conversation is you know open up to the true capacity that you can truly have in your life you know th there's all these endless possibilities that you can feel you know and it's yeah, yeah. and there's so many people that have done it yeah so if any like some people don't like this expression, but I like it. Um, if if all these people can do it, then so so can you. Yeah, yeah. Everybody has the potential. Everybody has the capacity inside of them. Mm. And there's already so many people out there waiting for you. Like yeah, all yeah. these teams out there for you to join. Yeah, I mean, I suppose the one thing that keeps on playing around in my mind, and forgive me for bringing this up again, but it's obviously you've chose to go to a community where everyone is kind of on the same hymn sheet. Everyone's choosing to be conscious, to, to you know, do the shadow work, to point out each other's blind spots, to, to do the rage clubs, to do the, you know, the process and the feelings. So <clears throat> I see the culture where I live now and I see the demand for this and I wonder how what action can be taken to, you know, to, to drip feed these types of things into, into our culture. Um, and, you know, I keep on 
come back back to the the thought and, and the idea that like for you to come back here and and, and share with with the people that, that truly need it you know as well i really i really can can see me doing it i'm i'm and I mean, I'm, I'm doing a rage. I'm in, a, in the middle of a rage club space holder training right now, mm. and and intend to offer online mm. rage club. But I, I can see me doing it. <sighs> I notice some fear about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, it's a different ball game. And but is that? Mm, This takes me to the power of commitment when I've been discovering about commitment and how commitment is a force of nature in a way and mm -hmm. how it changes your shape. Yeah. Because I could commit to right now, I could declare to the universe that I will deliver this work mm. in Cumbria. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I feel fear about it. Yeah. Uh, what is that fear saying to you? What? what you know thank you um that i'm not ready mm. i need more time um that my time isn't finished here yeah in the community and and I, I do have the sense that i'll know when it's time yeah 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 readiness will come and I've already envisioned it. Yeah. Um, I've seen it. And so it's possible. It's, out it's there. already it's happening then, isn't it? If you've envisioned it, it's already happening. Mm. It's already started. Yeah. And 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 for now, there's, there's I mean, there's so much available online. Mm. I mean, if you're interested, you can research Possibility Management Rage Club. Mm. Conscious feelings work, emotional healing processes. Um, if anyone's listening and who has interest, that's possibly that's how I started. Yeah, online. But you're right; it's it's needed that people like that. There are so many, there are many nomadic people that are moving around that are delivering their what you call non-material value, they're delivering their work to the world. Yeah, and I I see that for myself. You're doing it, David. Mm -hmm. Which is amazing. Thank um, you. Yeah. I mean, I suppose the biggest impact I've seen is, you know, I touched on it earlier. Like, I, I don't like using the word healing journey, but I suppose you could say for the first part of my healing journey, I, I stayed away. I was a lone wolf, locking myself away in my room, reading the books. Mm -hmm. And and now in this sort of this recent chapter in my life it's stepping into those relational spaces and it's understanding that you know there's a part of me that wants to do the spiritual thing and, and go off in the communities and but really I know that the deep work is actually in repairing the relationship with my mother or spending time with my grandma um you know healing the relationship with my dad um being around those people who I would say are unconscious and the most triggering and actually seeing that path as the most healing, you know. Yeah. 
I I I question the sense that 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 could serve at, at a certain point or for some people, but I yeah. also see both can serve. Like sometimes stepping away from the culture and yeah, you've grown in the family and the people and like going to discover yourself. Yeah, and and you like I'm still healing. I'm healing relationships, and I and a lot of that work doesn't need um the physical person it's just yeah. stuff that's me yeah yeah and so i mean there's power there's power to both is what mm. i see yeah 100 percent. yeah totally agree with you i do mm. think there's power to both and, and both are necessary you know and, and at different times as well i suppose and for me i i i try to do healing work with with family mm. and it didn't work for me yeah so and then doing it and i realized i don't need them to do it yeah it's yeah. all inside of me yeah and as i'm i'm healing that i just show up differently in the relating yeah yeah totally they agree. Don't change, i change yeah you're changing and your what's in you aren't you yeah 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 no that's powerful that that's very powerful i mean i know you know i've read about people who their relationship has changed with their mother when their mother has, has passed away, you know, in the sense of the mother isn't there, but they are still there energetically within them, you know, and, and to a certain extent, like you'll always carry your family with you. It's your relationship you've got with them within your energy of that person, isn't it? Mm -hmm. mm. Yes. Yeah, no, I like that. I think that's powerful. I just wanted to acknowledge that I hear that for you, I hear that it's serving you to be where you are. Yeah, it is. It is serving me to be where I'm at. I am noticing a lot of um, changes energetically in terms of you know the energy of the triggers that I feel with these certain people, and how I'm showing up in those relationships. You know, and and as you say, when I change, they change. You know, my nervous system around them is changing, so they are changing. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, no, I do agree. There's, there's obviously benefits to both ways. Um, I suppose the um, the part of me that that wants you know yourself to to come back to Cumbria and and share and yeah I suppose mm -hmm. there's always going to be a part of me that wants that because you know we're both fellow Cumbrians and I see how powerful this is. Um, but as you say, you know this can be done online, you know, and and this sharing like conversations such as this will be that stepping stone that people perhaps need to seek. Mm -hmm another route you know i just feel inspired and i'm just going to say it because this is the power of commitment and being in communication with the universe and i feel fear to say this yeah because it has power i will deliver I will deliver a rage club in Cumbria. Thank you. <laughs> That's powerful. Thank you. Yeah. I believe you too. I, I, I believe and I trust that will happen. Mm. Mm. I mean, I will say as well, online is brilliant. I do agree. You know, it's time and place in the society we're in. But being with somebody when you're present you know, I remember when you held space for me and Nell and, and Sarah in the forest that day. 
And that was powerful. You know, it was, you know, being in your presence and, and being held space for and having that permission to feel that anger within me and even sort of being witness to you, expressing your scream, expressing your fear, that something about that resonated with me in my body. And I felt something that I'd never felt before in my entire life, you know, and that was, you know, it's almost like a resonance. Like, I suppose you could say it comes from like an empathic place where your emotion that you were feeling, you know, fear brought out something in me. And I think that that's to me, that's what I'm so passionate for about sharing these spaces in person, in a group, you know, on the retreats, in the forest, in nature, where this type of healing happens, you know. I feel really moved by you sharing that. <laughs> that really hit me. Um, yeah. Just It just takes me to a deeper layer of, of, of feeling how, how needed it is. Mm. This work. And yeah, keep, keep, um, Keep creating with your fire, David, saying saying what you want and what you want to create and what you want to happen because it has power. Because that moves something in me. I'm like, God, yeah, that mm. wakes something up in me that wants to to be that, to show up. That yeah. I keep um, um, coming back to this word that I've recently come across and it's called gestalt and it's a German mm -hmm. word, but it's mm -hmm. talked about in English. And, and what it means is it means the sum of the whole is greater than its parts. And that, to me, it just it really hits home for how powerful these collective gathers are, you know, and whether we're, we're expressing together, I think that's where the deep healing is, is happening, you know, togetherness. Mm -hmm. Being witness to somebody, holding space for somebody and giving somebody permission to be, you know. Yes. Yes. Oh, gosh, I'm, I'm quite shaken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's powerful. It's needed. The like you've said this, the lone wolf strategy just doesn't doesn't work anymore. No, it doesn't. And for people who've, I mean, for many years, maybe haven't had the sense of being seen and heard, or had that intimacy, or these feelings that have been, they can even have been suppressed since the womb. Yeah. So yeah, when you hear someone else expressing in that way. It, it's calling on something in, in, in a person. Mm. Wake up. Oh. Mm. Um, yeah. I feel joy about this, the potential. Yeah, me too. Me too. To Amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I um, recently... Uh, Another commitment that happened came came alive through one of the emotion, uh, emotional intelligence trainings is, is that I will create a what I call an AA club, yeah, but authentically a live club, mm. and it's it will be all about like discovering more of your aliveness, yeah, and authenticity and expressing that and looking at the ways that you you learn to block it, mm. and um, yeah. That's something I'm excited about. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah, it does. It really does. Mm. Hmm. I'm very um 
kind of curious about your journey and mm. can I actually propose that we have another call where I can question you David and... yeah 100 percent. and you know I would love to you know almost have like a bit of a mini series in terms of the things we can talk about I feel as though today's conversation we've almost like touched a lot of the surface we've we've kind of set the narrative of you know the box breaking free perhaps people are like resonating with this message and maybe a little bit curious and perhaps we can next time we can maybe branch off onto a little bit of the archetypes perhaps touch on more of the in-depth strategies um and yeah yeah definitely we can touch on my story and yeah I feel as though this uh, conversation could could branch off into loads of beautiful places. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. But yeah, I suppose you know we 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 could talk all night, but I suppose it's best to bring it to a, a sort of slow end. Um, is there anything that you perhaps want to part with, or perhaps any thoughts that are coming up, or inspirations, or things that you'd like to share finally, or? Just, I'm just what I'm left with. I'm, I'm feeling this flow of love, mm. and uh, there's there's so there's so much available to each and every one of us. Yeah. So much available, all these resources of love. Um like the support of Gaia of the earth. So many forces that are on our side that want to support our evolution. Mm. And, we, and when we open to that, they're just on our side. Yeah. And yeah. I just want to say that it, it's possible for everyone. And just having the intention to wanna I don't know, like, maybe there's more to this life than what I've been thinking. Yeah, yeah. There's more to life. And and to just ha- have the intention of curiosity about that. Mm. Like, what is what is this life about? Hear these people talking about all these possibilities. What's that? And to just follow your curiosity, follow your intention, follow your feeling, follow your gut, follow your body, and mm. you will forces will support you they people will come into your life that i don't know people will come into your life books will appear mm-hmm. different things will appear and yeah you can get there mm-hmm. something like this no I, I totally resonate with that message I, I do believe that like you know magic and miracles are available to us if we step out of our own way you know, and we open up and we release that flow of the universal energy that's running through our very core, you know, yes. and have that understanding and walk through life like you are a, like a made out of the same material as a as a star, you know. Yes. <laughs> and and I think that having that sort of way of seeing the world like a child again, you know, can can bring that curiosity and that magic back. Yes, stepping outside of the known. Mm. And yeah, kind of, I want to say that there's a whole, there's a whole world of edge workers, I call them, mm. just out there waiting for you. Yeah. You know, to take a step. And a, a bright, 
humanity, a bright, a bright future exists as a potential. Mm. The more of us that wake up to that, the more of us that are taking steps for our evolution and for evolving and and being becoming responsible and and growing up or feeling our feelings, whatever mm. is is supporting that that bright potential. Yes. That exists, that exists for for humanity and the earth, the planet, mm. and the whole the whole of everything. And we need mm. you. <laughs> no, need I, you just you've brought something up there when you're talking about the planet and and just like mm. you know our models and things and and I think it's all of this work here that we're talking about and and I suppose to a certain extent like you could look at it from like a, a self you know we, we're healing ourselves. But it's almost like you're bringing these parts of ourselves back online so that we're not numb. We've got more ability to show empathy so that we couldn't hurt another person. You know, we couldn't hurt the planet. We couldn't, you know, live through that kind of like that ego state that's that's going to hurt people, you know. And, and I suppose, ideally speaking, we want people in the government and people in, in the, the hospitals and people making the bigger decisions in life to do this type of work, you know. Yes. And the more people that are doing it, I was reading about this recently, about like it creates a paradigm shift mm. and it affects the collective consciousness, it collects the whole field. Mm. And like, but something that's kind of happening now is like things aren't as hidden as they used to be. Mm. You know, like the shadows of, of the global world, like what the government's doing, what well, there's so many different things mm. um, that are coming out into the light because we're raising consciousness. These things can't stay hidden anymore. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And um, it's just so needed. It's so needed. Mm. It's happening. It is. It's happening. <laughs> it is happening. Yeah. yeah. And... Mm. You're not alone in that. Like, there's just so many people out there. It's a small percentage, but that I mean, people out there doing it, doing the work. Yeah, I also like that kind of thought of everything happens as it's supposed to happen. So you know, it's almost like the pendulum is swinging, and the pendulum will go to the extreme, and then it'll swing back the other way, and then it'll find a balance and. You know, it's taking these things to happen, you know, be it COVID, be it drastic changes in society for people to wake up and suddenly start questioning that box they've been living in. You know, and as you say, these people are, are waking up one after the other and the collective consciousness is going to be averaging more of, of pure love. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I love calling in the love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I'm reading a book at the moment by um, Anthony DeMello. I don't know if you've heard of Anthony DeMello. And it's called The Way to Love. And mm. he talks about love and he says about attachments and he says about being blind. And he says to love something is to truly see it for what it is. You know, mm. truly see it beyond any of my assumptions, beyond any of my expectations, beyond any of my resentments that I'm holding. To love something is to truly see it for what it is. And I just think that is, it's a beautiful saying really, isn't it? Because it just brings all of this together mm. to truth, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
It's just this underlying love. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I, I have the sense, like, to truly see it as it is, like, if we could truly see what was happening as it is, like, maybe that there's a divine, there's a divine intelligence, like the the universe or yeah. whatever knows, <laughs> like, what it's doing or something like that. Hmm. Like almost like every single thing when we zoom out far enough is just another thread on the tapestry of life, you know. And I suppose even if like we look at the people in the government who, you know, maybe on one set of lens, we could be like, what are they doing? The absolute narcissistic pig. But if we could truly see them through a loving lens, through all of their evolution, all of their past history, perhaps all of those judgment would fall away and we would just, you know, show love. Oh, it bring it brings that brings me to this. Okay, there's so much to talk about. <laughs> um, we we were in a discussion. I'll just keep it brief. That we were in a discussion. Um, mean some people here about wrongness, mm. like seeing people as wrong or making people as wrong, mm. and that we can have a belief that there are people wrong in the world, like people in prison, like that murdered, for example, like that they're wrong, so they need to go to prison. Mm. But actually, we're really inquiring into that, and mm. like, what is what is making someone wrong, mm. and um, and got the clarity that that it, that's actually a shadow game or an mm. ego game to say mm. somebody is wrong. Yeah, and it can be a way to avoid feeling and avoid responsibility. Mm. So I sat with this question of what if no one in the world was wrong? What mm. if no one in these prisons were wrong? And it's a question as a possibility to land him because when I when I let that land, I was like, oh my god, like I saw even more the almost the horror, but of what we're actually creating as a humanity. Mm. Um, uh, I saw the I saw the humanity in everyone, mm. and and um, you know there are all these people with broken psyches and. Um, I don't know their beings really far away or and and yes approaching it in that way without this kind of belief of wrongness was was like a whole different experience yeah I could imagine it is it's, right. yeah tangent it, it's almost like you know it begs the question is, is there such a thing as pure evil or is it just naivety is it just blindness you know and I suppose you know not that I'm a religious person, but, you know, it's one, like they say in the Bible, forgive those for they know not what they do. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they are just blind. Mm -hmm. mm. But, yeah. It's a deep topic. Yeah, very deep. But, no, I've really enjoyed talking to you, Laura. And, um, you know, it's nice to, to connect and, and to share things. Um, and you know, I would love to talk again and, and perhaps branch out onto different, to onto different topics as well. Yes, I want that. And I've, I've loved it a lot as well. Yeah. Um, but thank you for navigating and flowing. No, no problem at all. Um, yeah. So maybe drop me a message afterwards with your sort of afterthoughts and, and then we can perhaps, you know, do another one very soon. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. 
Thank you. I appreciate so much your, your just your care, your care for people. Thank you. Wanting to spread, spread this knowledge, experience, wisdom. And again, I'm grateful to you and for what you've done and for the space that you hold and and you know seeing the power that you've stepped into. Like it, it, I resonate and I feel that, and it's just you know it is. It's 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 powerful, and I think that. It's a great inspiration for a lot of people, um, you know, women as well in particular, seeing yourself and, and stepping away from that good girl, you know, that good girl narrative and that that swallowing the words and, and being the nice person just to please another. You know, I think to see you stepping into your power and, and using that anger um, and, you know, the warrior S archetype, which I'm sure we'll get onto in the future, it's just an inspiration and I, and I believe it's a very necessary lesson for a lot of for a lot of people um, and a lot of women in our society in particular mm -hmm. yes mm. yes that's a, I've got so much talk talk about that as well <laughs> with, with the focus on women yeah mm. yeah it would be nice to talk about in the future as well relational in terms of the masculine and the feminine the dynamic that i see in manifesting in society about the toxic masculinity the femininity and your thoughts around that uh, which i'm sure will be a very juicy topic in itself yes mm -hmm. yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah i feel excited yeah okay well yeah we'll, we'll bring it to a close but yeah <sighs> thank you again mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. thank you david and um, yeah, I'll stop recording now. Mm -hmm. Okay.